Hey, what's up, guys? You are listening to the Airgun Podcast. I'm your host, Tay. If you're new to the podcast, thanks for checking it out. I hope you guys find a lot of value in this. And uh, this is going to be one of our Q&A episodes, so we're kind of talking about a very specific subject uh, in what we're covering today with Tyler Patner from Pyramid Air, um, who is also my dad, um, is what is the best gun? Which is a very common question for people getting into the sport of air gunning. Uh, but it requires some specific details uh, of uh, your style of shooting, what are you going to be doing, what caliber do you need, where are you shooting, all kinds of details that are necessary uh, to answer that question best for each individual person. And then kind of segueing that into competition shooting. So once you get into the sport, then how do you get into shooting competition? Do you need to buy a $55 billion uh, Thomas air rifle? Or... Can you just buy a freaking Avenger and get shooting? Um, the answer is yes to both of those. But uh, we talk a lot about what is going to be necessary to get you shooting in competition. So anyway, this podcast is brought to you in part by Tacticam. So if you guys are looking for some awesome scope camera uh, possibilities that are affordable yet versatile, I would really highly recommend checking out Tacticam. Um, I've had my eye on them for years and years literally hundreds of years, and uh, finally got a hold of one. So uh, super excited to get some of that footage going here at the new house, which is now possible because my backyard is longer than 35 feet and wider than 10 feet. Um, Don't get me wrong, I was grateful to live in that little cottage, but hard to make air gun content back there. So anyway, now with a uh, nice big yard, a good uh, 35-yard shooting lane, and a sweet backstop with a uh, squirrel feeder, um, it's going to be some uh, some good content coming, and you'll be seeing that through the Tacticam, the FTS. So uh, stay tuned for that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, we're going to have an awesome episode talking with Tyler and uh, hopefully answer some more questions uh, as you guys write them in. So make sure you're following along with Pyramid Air and Tyler Patner. And uh, again, if you are looking for something to be filming with, uh, whether it's through your scope or just attached to your person or to your gun or to your weapon of choice, then check out Tacticam. So here we go. Hey guys, welcome back to the Airgun Podcast. We're here with my dad again, and we're going to be talking um, some basics of getting into shooting competitions or air gun competitions and what is a good gun to start with so we're going to kind of segue from a good gun to start with for pcps and uh getting into air gunning and then segue into the competition side of things and the more popular competitions because we've been getting a lot of questions um so anyway t-pain is is that uh is that going to be doable very doable. All right. Well, I'm, I know you get this question all the time. What's the best air gun? And I always love watching your response or your face before your response because I just know what you're going to say. But um, when you get that question, how do you answer it and why? So originally when I used to get the question, I refused to answer it because you can't have me just pick one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't do it. 
But of late, I have come to the conclusion that it's kind of whatever I'm shooting at the moment um, or whatever I'm shooting most at the moment. It's just one of those things I think we all, if you've owned multiple air guns, you kind of end up with your go-to, right? It's Mm -hmm. the first thing you pull out to go plink around in the yard or pop a squirrel or whatever. Um, And for me, that that, the gun that I pull out most often is my field target rifle uh, or current field target rifle, which is a uh, Thomas field target carbine. And uh, it's like compared to what most people would probably answer the question with, it's a little bit ridiculous. Uh, just because you're talking about like a highly customized field target gun, um, but I think that frame, that view frame of, of looking at it and saying, "Well, really, what do you enjoy shooting the most?" I think that's the best way to approach it. Um, but bringing it back to that context of what is the best gun for a new air gunner to start with, um, that's something where it's always, in my opinion, a question of how much do you have to spend or how much do you want to spend rather? Um, and what are you looking to do with it? If you can nail down those two things, there is an air gun to fit your needs. Right. And I think that is something that people don't really think about because your average person getting into air guns, it's probably not an experienced air gunner who is asking you these questions. So it's people who are pretty new to it. Um, or very new to it and have no idea that there's air guns that are shooting 50 caliber slugs and can take big game. So they're, they're just thinking like, okay, of all these brake barrels on the Walmart shelf and a few things I've seen online, what's the best one? Which that in, in that context, that makes sense, but they don't realize there's 1 billion different guns and different calibers and things like that. So, um, <clears throat> I, I, too, have been trying to answer questions that I get from people that seem ridiculous. Like, come on, dude, are you really asking that? <laughs> um, but trying to remember that, like, I had no idea that there were even uh, larger calibers than 177 when I first started learning about PCPs. I'm like, what, 22? Sure. That's legal, dude? What the frick? <laughs> so, anyway, trying not to be a freaking dong and just and be mean to people um so i try and answer and give them context and and ask those same questions like well what do you want to do with it what's your range what's your overall budget do you have do you have an optic already do you have a scope or what are you going to be doing yep and then typically we work something out so my my dms are full of people being like asking me questions over the course of time and then they end up getting basically an Avenger. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a very common response. I mean, like, you know, over the years, that kind of go to has changed, right? If you're on a budget, mm-hmm. um, you know, I kind of have go to's that I recommend to people in each category. Um, pistols are always a little weird just because there's so many of them. And whether you want something that shoots pellets or BBs or a replica or something like a historic replica, or you want to shoot full auto, like, there's just holy crap, a bunch of options. And they're all comparable in terms of like quality and accuracy and all those things. It's when you, when you get into the higher end of pistols, that's where you can dive in and differentiate stuff. But you know, Mm -hmm. if if you've got like 150 bucks to spend and you want an air pistol, like that's like a mind blowing question. You know what I mean? To narrow that down. So yeah, um, that one's tough, but the rifles, 
personally are a lot easier for me just because there's not as many uh, within those kind of like segmented groups when we talk about like brake barrels or CO2 guns or PCPs, you know, it's, it's a little easier to pick things out, especially once you have that budget constraint and then the use, the intended use, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, pest control or target shooting or, or what have you. Uh, training you know there's there's so many different ways you can go but i think it's a little bit easier on the rifle side to to dive in so like for me you know if somebody is looking for you know a good quality brake barrel um at a reasonable price you know reasonable is different to everybody but let's say like if you had 400 bucks to to spend right i would say like probably a diana 34 uh, which is now like the 34 ems uh, which is actually kind of neat because it's a modular spring piston or gas piston platform, which is kind of rare. Or, well, it's the first time it's ever been done to my knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's usually my go-to, like a solid German-made gun. Um, you know, you can't really go wrong. Obviously, if there's, le- you know, if they only have like 200 bucks to spend, I almost always recommend the Hotson 95 as long as weight isn't an issue. Uh, mm-hmm. Gun I've had good luck with. And, you know, other than it being on the heavy side, it's got a walnut stock, handles pretty well, shoots pretty good, you know, for, for 150, 160 bucks. Like it's a great place to start. Um, the PCP game has changed. Like every couple of years it changes that go-to response. Like it used to be the Benjamin Marauder always across mm-hmm. the board. And then the Storm Rider and the Gauntlet hit the market. And it was like, okay, if you're <clears throat> really on a budget, you're going to get the Storm Rider. And you went that route. Um, yes you know and then if you have a little bit more if you can justify that extra hundred bucks you're going to get a lot better performance out of the gauntlet um but other side of that it's much heavier gun right and then yeah i I mean obviously the avenger is kind of taking hold in a really nice way and and uh you know that that's got a lot of people into the game uh, just because it's like got high feature quality um at at an affordable price and and that's you know it's like uh, it's what Umarex did with the gauntlet, but now on crack because you can adjust everything, right? right. Um, and and so that's you know we'll see what whatever comes next is whatever comes next. But right now that that seems to be the go to. But it's interesting. I mean, there are always new guns. I, I got a, my hands on a a gun from Beeman, so it's like a Chinese gun uh, based off of a QB, kind of similar to a gauntlet. Um, I don't remember what the model. I think there it's in there like Chief or Commander line. I don't remember. But it's like right. it's like 180 bucks, and it's multi-shot. It's got a suppressor on the end of the barrel. Like it, it's not a super small cylinder. You know, it's got some good power to it. Accuracy was reasonable. The trigger was rough, but you know, again, sub 200 bucks. Like I, I was looking at this thing, like solid synthetic stock, like looked good, felt good. Uh, going like, wow, this is like this is a better Storm Rider. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it, there's always something, something in that kind of lower end category still, uh, you know, we haven't like fleshed out all the options, so to speak. So, you know, it, that's like it, like, but still it's a little easier to get, get to those, those options. You know, you got 200 bucks. Great. You're buying a Storm Rider. You're buying this Beeman. And, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you got 300, I'm probably recommending you an Avenger or Gauntlet. Simple. Right. Um, yeah. And then you can go up from there, but even then, once it, it, it isn't until you get to a thousand dollars that it gets hard to make a decision again, because even mm-hmm. in the five, six, seven hundred dollar category, there's not that much to choose from at the end of the day, unless you want something specific like a big board. Um, right. That's easier to make a decision. And, uh, you know, and there are a few options in that that 
price range, but small bore stuff, it seems like, you know, that $500 range, man, the Marauder and the Hatsan AT44 are still like everybody's go-tos and that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, both of those guns have been around for like over 10 years now under various names in the case of the Hatsan. So, you know, there's not a lot, at least in my mind, challenging those two for kind of like supremacy in, in that sub five, $600 range. Right. But things are changing rapidly. So absolutely. Um, yeah. The, <clears throat> if, uh, if I was getting into this whole air gun thing four years later, I, I probably would have swung a, uh, Avenger. Sure. I would have robbed a bank and gone after the Avenger. But <laughs> when I was getting into it, dude, I was like, dang, 200 bucks is pretty much like, I don't know, six years of wages for me. So it was hard to do it for me. But anyway, um, yeah, so those are the things to kind of consider. What are you doing with it? Um, what's your budget? Because that's going to narrow down your options. Um, and then when we are starting to get into the competition side of things, like you mentioned, your, your go-to gun at the moment um, is pretty ridiculous. I don't know if, if everyone knows what gun you're talking about or if there's new people listening to this. But um, just... You don't have to give exact price, but with what your gun is topped with and the gun in its current state, what price range are we looking at? Uh, oh, Lord. This is difficult because so the the, I, the Thomas as a gun, as a platform is like 3,400, three grand, 3,400, somewhere in there. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, for the field target one there, he make Mike, the, the guy that makes him Mike Nix, um, out in Colorado, actually not that far from you, um, makes him like, he makes bench rest guns and he's now getting into like 22 slug guns and, and all sorts of mm -hmm. interesting stuff. Um, but yeah, the guns like three grand, let's just say that or 35 somewhere in there. Um, and he, he'll do like whatever color scheme you want in terms of anodizing. So there's, that's all nifty as well. Um, but then, like, in the case of my gun, like, I put, like, a, a knee riser on it that was custom, a uh, cheek piece on it that was custom made, uh, you know, a butt hook assembly that, you know, wraps over my shoulder and all sorts of fun stuff. Um, so probably there's, like, four grand-ish, maybe more, uh, in, like, retail value into the, the gun. And then uh, currently I have a Night Force Attacker 7 to 35 on it, which is, like, another 3200 so uh, if i paid retail which i didn't for the whole thing uh it would be probably a little over seven grand so it's so for th those of you complaining about the expensive impacts and the <laughs> red wolves and all that stuff get get stuffed okay <laughs> yeah a fully set up field target rig <laughs> With a, like, you don't have to spend three grand on a scope. Like, you can get a scope for a thousand dollars that is going to work phenomenally well for the type of field target that I shoot. Um, mm -hmm. So that's not a huge deal. Um, but you're still talking about like a five thousand dollar expense, right? So then, moving into getting into the sport, if I'm going to start shooting field target do i do i need to drop five grand absolutely or, not okay so then wh what what would be 
What's the best gun to get into field target? <laughs> so there isn't one. Um, it's what works best for you. So um, when we talk about field target as a competition set, right? Uh, here in the U.S., we have a couple different divisions that you can shoot in. So I shoot in the WFTF division, which is, stands for World Field Target Federation. So um, folks like myself that shoot in that division are probably looking to go shoot a world's competition at some point. Um, and I've done that the last five years obviously 2020 didn't happen because of covid um so you know that you're talking about traveling abroad and you're shooting at kind of the world standard which is 12 foot pounds now in the rest of the u.s we have uh hunter division and our open division which both shoot up to 20 foot pounds so now you're talking about opening it up to the broader spectrum of of pcps and 177 that are out there and of course there's also a spring piston kind of division as well. So you've, you know, hunter PCP, hunter piston, open PCP, open piston, WFTF PCP, WFTF piston. Um, that's like the breakdown. So really, you could buy an Avenger, a Gauntlet, a Marauder, um, a Benjamin Fortitude. You know, like you get, you can go down the list of affordable pre-charge guns uh, and. and and get started in, in, in either of that, those divisions. Now in hunter division, that barrier to entry is, is a significantly lower because we limit the scope power to 16 X. You can have a scope that mm -hmm. goes over that, but um, you can only have the gun set to 16 X or the mag, sorry, on the scope set to 16 X or below. Um, and while that makes range finding the targets a little bit more difficult, uh, you know, you're obviously, there are folks that'll spend, two, three grand on a scope for hunter division. Um, but most people can get by with a UTG, a Hawk, an Athlon, an Element. You know, you, do, you don't have to go and spend over four or 500 bucks to get a workable scope for hunter division. So that like, that's where most people start and come into the sport because they can take their gun that they're hunting with. Uh, you know, maybe if they have a 22, they can tune it down. Or if they already have a 177, like you can come out and get started with that before you kind of figure out what you want to do. Right. And uh, so obviously the people that are super into it have a, a setup that's probably more similar to yours. But what are some um, guns you've seen that you're kind of surprised that people are using them or like, oh, wow, I haven't seen many of those. Sure. Um, we do get you get a lot of older guns. Uh, and that's so when we talk about general accuracy that's needed for field target, you know, you have an inch and a half target at 55 yards now. Whether you're shooting from in hunter division with like a seat and sticks, like shooting sticks as a rest, or if you're shooting open or WFTF where your body is fully supporting the gun, you know, holding an inch and a half accuracy is really easy with even the $300 guns, right? Um, but throwing that kind of instability of those positions into it makes it a lot more challenging. And then on top of that, you add in the wind. And now you have something that a lot of people cannot do well. Um, and, that, and that's really what, what makes field target interesting is the concept sounds easy. But when you add all the variables, whether it's the wind, your personal stability as a shooter, um, you got tons of variables. Your range finding of the target, if, you, if you're off by a few yards, you can very easily miss your shot. So there's... There's a lot of things that come into play um, in making a successful shot and then turning that into a successful day on the course, right? Um, 
I will say probably the gun that, that I see most often that always surprises me uh, is the Marauder, right? It really set a very high standard because it, it also is one of the few guns with a very, very good trigger in terms of being able to tune it and adjust it the way you want it. Like if you remove the lawyer spring in that trigger, you can get that trigger down to a very, very uh, comfortable sub one pound weight that is going to be as good as a lot of other things that are on the market. Well, yeah, man, the, the Marauder has been, uh, I mean, ever since I, I heard about PCPs, the Marauder has never really left the, the arena as far as guns. It'll get the job yeah. done. Yeah. <clears throat> and I even, I got one at one time from someone I won't mention with a sweet tactical stock. And then life circumstances were, uh, not in my favor or the other person's favor, I should say. I ended up having to sell it and give the money to to those less fortunate. Um, but it was an awesome gun, and the, the trigger was super sweet, and it was so quiet too. That was one of the things that really, I mean, I had a moderator on there, but even still, I was like, dang, for this being like a an old man PCP. You know, like you said, it's 10 right. years old. This this thing still cranks and it's quiet and the trigger was great. So if I had the uh, the funds to just get another Marauder, I would. I'd still use one and maybe I'd get into field target then or something. Yeah, I think a lot of people like in terms right. of getting into it, you have to find a club locally or you have to have buddies that you want to get together with and start a club. And then you have to have somewhere to shoot and targets and all that stuff. Um I think there are over 40 clubs in the U S now, you know, so there, there's a lot of places that you can shoot it as long as you're willing to drive, you know, an hour or two, you know, there's like here in Ohio, we have five clubs. Like we're, we're, we're burdened with shooting opportunities. There's literally uh, a field target or bench rest match every weekend this year. Uh, like once we hit May. So, you know, they're like Texas, like there, there's a bunch of clubs there. There there's clubs all over the place. So, um, yeah, there, there's a lot of, a lot of shooting opportunities that are out there, uh, you know, and it's really a great opportunity to get together with like-minded people. And it's a camaraderie thing. Like most people could care less about the the score at the end of the day, it's going out and having fun. And especially now it's, it's getting out of the house and actually doing something. Oh yeah, man, that, that'll make a, a world difference yeah. right there. But side note, are there any, um, are there any regulars that you're like, uh, you know, you give him nicknames like "That's Terrible Terry." He's he's always pissed off because he <laughs> he has the best gear, but he freaking sucks. Or, you know, freaking <laughs> Ned Ned Flanders. He he never never says a bad word. And oh, kind of we definitely we definitely right. have a few guys in the club that have nicknames. Um, I, I won't disclose just because <clears throat> some of them are not appropriate for some of your viewership. <laughs> okay, you you can. Text yeah, me I don't want to get can. I, I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> you know, it's too. I'm too, too young for that. You know. <laughs> mm. Yeah, same here, dude. But, um, well, was there anything else that you think that would be valuable information for people looking to get into? Well, PCPs, obviously, but in general, just shooting competitions, like. Sure. Yeah. So. Look, I tell this regardless of the use, it's probably more applicable in competition. 
settings than it is in kind of general use of an air gun, but buy the best you can afford. Um, that's number one. If, if it takes you another month or two, if you're at like a, a middling budget, right. And you're going to skimp on some part of your equipment setup. Like if you're going to buy that Marauder to get started and field target, or you're going to buy a, I, I don't know, like a 25 Marauder or 25 Avenger or gauntlet or something. Cause you want to shoot like long range bench rest or something to get started. Um, if you're at that point where you have the $300 to buy the gun now, and you can only afford to put $100 scope on it, wait a month, right? Save the extra couple hundred bucks that you need to get yourself a really good optic or get yourself into the next tier of gun. Um, mm. I, I fully understand the I want it now mentality because I myself am the same way. Um, but getting like quality stuff is really important. And I'm a big proponent of buy once cry once it's just better in the long run um for anybody getting into field target specifically don't skimp on the scope there are a lot of guns that will shoot accurately uh for field target uh, and and possess like workable features that will allow you to set up a gun that will outperform you as a shooter but the scope is really important you have to find something that that works for your eye um you know, with a good reticle for you, you know, that kind of does what you need it to, depending on the division you're shooting uh, and, and learn mm -hmm. your equipment. The, the one thing that, whether it's bench rest, field target, um, speed silhouette, general hunting, like the guys on YouTube that are slaying pigeons at a hundred plus yards, guess what they do? They know their they know okay. yeah, well, that too. Um, <laughs> they know their setup. They've practiced. They've done their due diligence to get their either holdovers set up accurately or figure out what their click adjustments are. The same thing applies in the competition world. The guys at the top of the podium know their stuff like the back of their hand. Um, and that's something like for me, I've had to learn over the years is really just I'm kind of like, I hate practice. Like it's not for me, mm -hmm. but the one thing that I absolutely do with a new field target gun is shoot the shit out of it because there is nothing else like that, that you have to worry about other than your gun and your scope. And once you have your scope figured out, you're set because you can put that scope on any gun, but getting the, the gun mm -hmm. set up, shooting a lot with it, getting comfortable with it, you know, making sure that you can shoot kneeling and standing well with it. Those are all things that if you practice it and you practice properly, because, you know, practice doesn't make perfect, it makes permanent. If you can do that and put a lot of time into it, you're going to have success. And that's the most important thing. Boom, dude. Uh, one random question, well, not necessarily random, one question that popped into my head when you mentioned different positions to shoot in. Um, are there any that are just truly treacherous, like you got to stand on your head upside down, leaned up against a tree and shoot? Uh, not in competition. Um, you're so 99.9% .9 of field target shooters will tell you their Achilles heel is, is the standing position. Um, and, and that makes sense, right? Cause it is the most unstable position and you as an individual are like, you get no support. You are fully supporting the gun. It's the most fatigue inducing, all that stuff. Um, the worst 
when you talk about compounding the difficulty of offhand, if you're standing on unlevel ground, like if the shooting box that you're in is not flat and you're like standing on like a, at an angle or something like that is nightmare city. Like that's where people lose their mind. And it, it makes sense. Like the things you don't have to deal with in hunting, which are like, you know, if you can't get support for a shot, right. If you, if you don't have a tree next to you or something to lean up on or, or put your hand on to support the gun or something like that, you know, you you probably at the very least, if you have to take a standing shot can find level ground to stand on or kneel. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't have that opportunity with field target. You shoot where you shoot and you shoot the targets where they are. Right. You can't wait for it to move. You have to, if it's up in a tree at a 30 degree angle, have fun. Right. Yeah. So it, oh. it's, it's a very, very challenging competition um, that more people should give a try because it will make you a better shooter without question. It will humble you as well. Yeah. I was just about to ask that. I was just going to say, do you think it'll make you? Will it make you a better shooter or a better hunter? Yeah, that's actually um, where the, the competition started was out of um, like hunting simulation in England. Um, and the, the targets and then the equipment as well have evolved. It's kind of the Formula One of air guns right now. Um, you mm-hmm. know, the, the long range bench rest side is, is also, I would consider that the Formula One, but that's the Formula One of larger caliber air guns, um, where field target is really like the Formula One of all things air gun. Uh, where this is where you see guns that look like spaceships, you know? Um, right, dude. And I've seen some some freaking sweet mm-hmm. rigs, you know? Um, well, awesome, dude. Uh, that gives me some inspiration to maybe put on a pair of Crocs and try a shooting competition <laughs> sometime. But, I love it. Um, I, by the way, are, is it mandatory to wear... Crocs I don't own a pair those, of Crocs, or... so that would be an obvious no. Well, I've seen you wear clogs Sandals. before, I, I don't. I don't think I've ever owned clogs either. Dude, well, you should at least try a pair of sandals one time and see, because those South African dudes wearing flip-flops, Yo, and that something's is, different that is about them. very true, but they do a lot of stuff barefoot as well. Um, I can't, I personally, I don't, mm-mm, not happening. You're on a, you're out in the woods. Like you don't know what's crawling around under your feet. I don't, your, your toes dude, are like too we nice. have our field target course here, the, the Northeast Ohio air gun club. Like we have, uh, our course lined with wood chips. I don't want those splinters. Like, are you, really? Dude, get tougher feet. Man. Bro, I'm, I'm dainty. I don't know what you're <laughs> I know you're a handsome bastard. I, I was talking to someone about this that you you're too good looking what? to to like really like let the beard go, let the hair go. Like your face is too wow. attractive. So like that's why we never see you with just like a ferocious beard. Because oh, you could grow one, dude. It, you could probably happen, t- but I refuse your whole body. To, to let it get like amazingly out of hand. It has been before, uh, but you know, hey, when you got to do it for the gram, you got to do it for the gram. You know, like that's true. Yeah, not everyone has that problem. You know, where they're like, hey, you're so good looking. We need you to actually kind of, you know, 
keep some shape and form <laughs> to your beard because you're representing well, our company. There's that too. Yeah. If it was my own channel, like you would, if you ever see me wearing a hat, it's probably because my hair is an absolute mess. Well, right. I've seen you wear a hat. Before. So there you go. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, FNA cotton. Um, well, cool, dude. Uh, is there anything that you've done recently or things that you have coming up um, that we can point oh, the listeners yeah, sure. to? Um, well, so if you're interested in learning more about Field Target, um, AFTA, A-A-F-T-A dot org, uh, that's the American Air Gun Field Target Association. Uh, that is the governing body for Field Target here in the U.S. Um, if you are looking to learn more, I mean, there's tons of resources there. Um, we have like a blog talking about field target on our, on our website. Um, cause we sponsored like a field target team for a while. You check that out at pyramidair.com. And, um, yeah, if you, if you guys have further questions or anything, I do Q and A's on our Instagram, like a couple days a week, usually Tuesdays and Fridays. So hit us up over there at pyramid air. And, um, yeah, if you're here in Ohio, man, come out Northeast Ohio air gunners, um, up here near Cleveland, we've got four other clubs in the state though, where you can shoot field target and Bentrust in most of the major areas, Cincinnati, Columbus. Um, yeah. Come check it out. Sweet man. And uh, did I hear or see that you were on another podcast as yes, well? I just did a, well, a podcast talking about all things air gun hunting from small game to big game uh, with uh, hunting land podcast, which is uh, I, the guys that do it have a, have a, company organization called great days outdoors um nice guys um yeah and that was uh that was pretty neat as well so go check that out if you have time wicked dude well dad it's always good to talk with you pleasure as always my son i appreciate it can't wait to embrace you someday yes looking forward to it um (laughs) right on dude well we'll catch you on the next one Hey everyone, thanks for listening. I hope you found that information valuable, especially if you're someone who's looking to get into the sport or you're just looking for that next gun. And I hope this gave you some really good information and things to consider before you go about that purchase. Um, things that are coming up for the podcast, we have Rick Ream, a.k.a. Shooter1721, and we'll be getting his story of how he got into air guns and shooting and uh, pretty much uh, the whole nine yards with, with Rick. And uh, it's an awesome episode, so I'm excited for you guys to hear it. And if you have questions, you can write them into the Airgun Podcast on Instagram. Uh, My messages on Instagram are essentially the exact same as texting me because I'll check it. I have a notification that pops up. Um, So you pretty much have my number if you're following me on Instagram. So all you got to do is shoot me a message, and uh, we will get to answering your question. And we still have a lot in the archives right now. And uh, we've been answering them with the appropriate guests to talk about each specific question that comes in. And uh, if you guys are looking for some other great content, don't be afraid to go back in the archives of the Airgun Podcast. Uh, Whether you go to the website at theairgunpodcast.com and check out the episodes there, or you just keep scrolling back on whatever app you're using right now, and you can check out all of the previous episodes. But we are cranking along. We are in Season 3 right now, and things have been really awesome. Uh, Thank you to everyone who is currently a monthly supporter of the podcast. Uh, Your donations are, um, what is the word? Frickin' lit, okay? 
So thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast in that way. And if you're someone who wants to support the podcast, all you have to do is go to the link in my Instagram bio, click that, and it will take you to a page on how you can support for as little as 99 cents a month. So all you have to do is basically uh, give up one packet of gum per month or one-fourth of a cup of coffee per month to support the podcast. Um, But I understand not everyone has the financial uh, capacity to do that, so the best and most free way you can support the Airgun Podcast is make sure you're following along and subscribing on social media so that it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And uh, make sure you're sharing the content liking, reposting, commenting, all that good stuff. Uh, But that is a great way to help support the people and the brands and the companies that you love. Uh, Social media, it's a great tool and it's free. So if you're not following along, please consider doing so. And if you would like to support the podcast financially, I'm not going to let you do it for more than $10 a month. So there's that. Love you guys. Join us next week, and uh, we'll get some more awesome content coming.